shows this week so we wanted to give you a flavor we didn't watch all of them we watched most of them <laughs> there was five what didn't we watch uh the stardom one and the all of the zero one one oh yeah we i watched the main event of the zero one one which we'll get to in a bit but we are going to look at what wrestling is like in japan during this time period and it's kind of got worse because of wrestle kingdom in the sense of it's the bit like WrestleMania, it's the big show and matches get put around that big show and a lot of the indie companies and the other companies run off of it. Um, and traditionally, there's always been at least one big show on New Year's, either for wrestling or for MMA. Um, uh, and yeah, so we thought we'd look at it and give you a flavor of what wrestling's like in Tokyo and Japan generally over this time period. Um, so we've got three shows for you today, not one, not two, but three, and joining me to review them is Mr. John Dealsdale of Steel Chair Wrestling Magazine. How are you, sir? Questioning some of my life choices. As we all do from time to time. This was so much wrestling, like so much good wrestling, but so much wrestling. <laughs> we what? We had two shows planned originally. We were like, yeah, we'll, we'll do this one and this one. And then it's just like, oh, how about this one? Fuck it, we'll do it. Yes, and why not? And we can't. 2022. We thought we might even get in the uh, the zero one one, but it didn't happen. So because you start time it, but oh, I've had time to watch it, but I have other things going on in my life. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm I'm also been asked to go on the random wrestling review again this week. So I've got another show to watch before the end of tomorrow. It'll all be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Oh, I'll be on this week's um, uh, wrestling rewind as well with Dara and Martin, who are lovely people because we did our end of show awards again with them um so that'll be out sometime this week anyway and any who so the three shows we picked are ddt nevermind which was on boxing day Glate or great version two are we going with Glate or great i don't just say Glate. Glate. <laughs> we'll say Glate. Uh, that was on the 30th of december and noah new year 2022 which unsurprisingly was on new year's day um, we'll start with DDT Nevermind, which was a pleasing show of pure entertainment. Torio Asha and Yukio Naya defeated Antonio Honda and Hideki Okutani in the opening match, which was a dark match. It was a pre-show match. I don't think that was on the recording, was it? It was. It was? Oh, no, I remember it now. Yeah, all three dark <laughs> matches were sort of on the recording. Yes, I remember it now. It was fun. This was a week ago and three shows ago, so you'll have to bear with me. I kind of remember the second one better. <laughs> what did you think of this, John? This was just a Honda match, and Honda matches are always fun. It's like, you know what you're going to get, you know what antics you're going to see, and you know you're going to get a good story out of it, because he will tell you it before he pretends to give up. So there you go, you see? That's really not half what we can say more about that. It doesn't even have a timestamp. So, you know, that's how much even Cage Match cared about that match. We'll move on. Venver, Jack. I'll say that again. Ben Verjac defeated Illusion 
in nine minutes and eight seconds. I believe these two young men are from the DDT dojo. Yep. And they were a lot of fun to watch. This was uh, very crisp, very clean, kind of Lucha Libre kind of thing that DDT is famous for, I think. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. What are your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, this was just a great sort of dojo showcase. The DDTs are killing it, like across what I've seen from them. And again, this just helps prove the point that DDT is more than comedy. You will actually learn shit. Indeed. Um, and kind of the opposite of that, but still with the youngsters, with Sanchiro Takagi, and he defeated <laughs> Maku Donoratu in seven minutes. Did you just call Sanchiro Takagi a youngster? I didn't say it was a youngster, no. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, like... Uh, I thought you the, said, I said keep, keeping with the youngsters. Well, no, I wasn't thinking about him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Takagi versus Donoratu. What did we think of this one? This was hilarious. Like, a lot of people have a lot of issues with the Maku character, and I guess sort of sexually suggestive clown is not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but when it's fighting Takagi in a death match whilst he's dressed as the Colonel of KFC, this was <laughs> hilarious. Now you see, this is the reason why I got messed, because like, I was thinking that match was later on the card, and I was like, oh... No, anyway, this, this, yes. This was silly. It was funny and it was violent. It, yeah, it was It was mainly silly. <laughs> a lot of crotch shots from what I remember. I mean, Maku is a, a rapey clown, so you've got to put him down that way. True. Um, the colonel, indeed, of the Kentucky Fried Chicken Dame uh, did indeed put him down on several occasions. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's what it is. <laughs> Proved very popular on the internet for uh, for for your gifts there. I just made a judge dread cursed earth joke, to be honest. There you go. We'll move on then because it's not an awful lot said to be said about it. It's, you kind of got to watch it to see it to be explained. This was the match I was thinking of. Uh, Romance Dawn, Shota, and Somo Takeo defeated Akito and Yuki Ishida, um, and this was. A lot of fun, and this was really, really cool. But again, no timestamp on who won what, so that's a bit annoying. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is really interesting, because obviously Damnation has disintegrated, and so like you're seeing different parts of the former faction, like either pairing up with new people or forming new little groups. And mm -hmm. Soma Cow has ended up with Shorter in a very sort of lucha good guy like duo it feels weird but like also quite refreshing to see soma takao with some energy <laughs> he's against akito and yuki Yoshida, who both understood the assignment again it was just a like a fun serviceable tag match it's yeah it did its job on the undercard i completely agree it was good and we get to the first title match of the evening and the serious business, if you will. Well, not that serious. <laughs> Pheromones, Donishaki Dino, Yuki Ino, and Yumihito Imanari defeated Shinya Aoki, Super Sadanango Machine, and Yumiki Hotta in nine minutes and 57 seconds. Yes, there was a PowerPoint. Thankfully, it wasn't long. <laughs> it did involve a lot of Yumiki Hotta's uh, matches with Shindori Kandori, Shinobi Kandori from the early 90s and how that was going to influence their decision-making when it came to 
chasing the champion, the KOD six man championships. I'm not convinced any of that helped. No, because you're not facing shooters, you're facing sex pests. <laughs> you require yes. a very different style to deal with them, preferably some fly spray and a swatter. I don't know. It, 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 there was a lot of gyrating, as Dino, Eno, and Iminari do. They gyrate a lot. That's kind of their thing. And there was a lot of hapless wandering around by San Sasadango, which is what he does a lot. <laughs> Yumiki Hotter, though, still a badass. I still found this hilarious. It's like Yumiko Hotter just destroying pheromones. It's like the definition of feminism. <laughs> Fucking double tough veteran shoot fighter destroys all these sex pests. It's just like, yep, feminism. Until it all goes wrong. <laughs> And she ends up with multiple asses in the face. True, true. Um, one of these people was one of the other on one of the other shows we watched, and I'm trying to remember which show it was because um, Hotter and Aoki were in the front row for it, and the red belts that they used in this match as the foreign object of choice, um, they took them to the, they gave them to one of the other people that was in this match. I'm thinking if it was the Noah show, I'm not really sure. But yeah, it was a bit weird. <laughs> I mean, the whole match was a bit weird. Well, yeah, it didn't really narrow it down, did it? Um, but yes, so. Dango left in tears, and I mean, I would too after where he's, his head had been. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to the next one? Oh, it's just a oh, poor rat. <laughs> <laughs> Suji Kondo defeated Kazuki Hirata in nine minutes and forty seconds in a very good match, I thought. Uh Hirata just can't catch a break. No. Uh, I'm gonna make my happy little entrance on my um what they call a hoverboard <laughs> that isn't a hoverboard and Kondo's just like excuse me. You're in my way. <laughs> Seriously, I've seen the clip of him just trying to back up away from him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so popular. Yeah, I mean, Hirata is just... He's hes good. He's a solid wrestler, and this kind of act is really kind of down his alley of, like, slightly comedic, slightly cowardly, hoping he gets away with itness. <laughs> He even got his full-on dance number off as well. Yeah, yeah. No, this was really, really good. It was well worth it. It was well worth the price of entrance alone, I thought. It's just fun. You know what you're going to get with Harata most of the time, and then occasionally he will be all business and blow everyone's minds because they're like, wait, the silly dance man can wrestle? Yeah, exactly. And Kondo is, is Kondo. He's awesome. Big lumpy bloke, which he really hard. I was gonna say, Condor is just vicious. Yeah, he's he's really cool. I really enjoy his work. I've been watching him for a long while because I think he had one a short run in Shikara, King of Trios weekend, um, and that's when I became a fan of his. And I watched him a lot in. He did. He's done some work for AJPW, I think, as well. So yeah, I like Condor. He's cool. But shall we move on to the match that inspired us to actually watch this? <laughs> Uh, which was the greatest six man tag that has ever existed. Ooh, oh, I don't know. The Chaos versus Chaos final. 
in 2019, or 2020, I should say, of the, the six-man tournaments when Evil had to relinquish the belts. That was really, really good. And there's been some awfully good um, King of Trios finals as well. My, yes, I would... They didn't have Maki Ito and Minoru Suzuki trying to coexist. They didn't, no. However, Mike Bennett and the Young Bucks versus Mako Satomura, Chihiro Hashimoto and Chad Dash Chisako. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was just yeah. trying to hype up what we were talking about. I know, I was trying to hype up, but then you've got to be careful around these things. I, I don't know. I feel like if anyone takes me seriously all, all the time, they're missing the point. I know, but no, no, our audience demands empirical evidence. They can't. You can't just like hope it goes away. You make big statements. You have to back it up, John. I mean, this was <laughs> incredible. Like, oh, this was amazing. This was really, really good. And even the cage match users give it eight point seven four. Like, uh, he knew where the money was in this match, and they bloody <laughs> went for it. <laughs> Eruption, Kazuti Higuchi, Sakayaka, and Yuki Sakaguchi lost to Minoru Suzuki, Maki Ito, and Chris Book. So that would be your Ito army. 28 minutes and 38 seconds. It was as brutal as it was fun and as funny as it was straight shoot wrestling. Mean I tell you this? Sakayaki no-selled Minoru Suzuki more than Brian Danielson did in AEW. <laughs> oh, Sakiakai has got balls of steel. Like she stepped yeah. up to Hino. She has now stepped up to Suzuki. Like she doesn't give a fuck. No, no, no. Clearly. I want to see. I want to see Sakiakai versus Brian Danielson. Mainly because she'd have the height advantage by about a foot. Um, <laughs> but yes, Ito and Brooks. Went to Pile Driver, that's Minoru Suzuki's clothing shop, to ask Minoru Suzuki to join the Ito Respect Army. Chris Books looked fucking terrified through the entire process and looked terrified through most of this match, to be honest with you. Um, uh, and then um, Suzuki said, All right, so long as you spend more than 10,000 yen. <laughs> so I think they bought a scarf and, uh, and Suzuki was fine with it. And then he was very angry, as Minoru Suzuki tends to be, through most of this match. Um, and the only person he'd listened to was the referee, which is an unusual turn of events. To be fair, he didn't least. really listen to the referee. He did. No, he did, because the referee said, get out. And he went, oh, all right, then, go out. <laughs> yeah, maybe one in ten times. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, and Higuchi Akai and Sakaguchi were amazing. Chris Brooks going full on Chris Brooks and Maki Ito being rather than the stoic um, semi baby face as she is in TJPW, her character in DDT is a bit more delusional, shall we say? <laughs> I mean, she wanted to be the center of attention in that match, and yeah. Suzuki was not gonna let that happen. <laughs> no, because no, because he's the you know the king of pro wrestling. Um, interestingly, New Japan did not let them have. Uh, his intro video. But let AEW have the intro video, but not DDT. I don't think um, Blit had it either, actually. No, they didn't. No, no. I mean, Suzuki has an interesting contract in the sense, theoretically, is allowed to work for anyone he wants to, so long as you know he's not got anything else on. Um, and he's been doing that for years. It's one of the reasons why you know he was allowed to go off and wrestle for whoever he wanted to in the States. Um, 
So, you know, they don't mind in wrestling for DDT. And obviously, as Cyberfight have um, a deal with New Japan at the moment, as far as the NOAA New Japan crossover thing is happening next week. And also, Suzuki has history with DDT under previous ownership as well. So, you know, it's bringing Suzuki back is, is no big thing. Of course, the famous gif of Suzuki riding the DDT bike into somebody. <laughs> Are the infamous Suzuki versus Mommy match. Yes, there you go. But this match was excellent. I really enjoyed it. What's your overall thoughts on it? Yeah, they, they knew what people wanted, and we got a healthy, healthy helping of just Suzuki versus Sakaguchi, and they were literally just beating the shit out of each other. Like, <laughs> there was no punches pulled, and then it's just kind of Chris Brooks and Etor trying to be like, we want to be involved in this too. I think my favorite bit, though, is when Ito's going for, like, her turnbuckle punches and Suzuki just keeps dragging Sakaguchi away so he can keep breaking his knee. (laughs) (laughs) There were just so many wonderful moments in this. Like, it was the perfect sort of combo of, like, really fucking good wrestling and personality comedy. Because it was very much a sort of will-they-coexist on steroids. Because Suzuki would have probably flawed Ito in a second had he lost his temper. (laughs) (laughs) But he managed to keep it focused on Akai Higuchi and Sakaguchi. But at the end of the match, he went down the aisles by himself and Brooks and Ito were kind of like, oh, all right then. And then he stopped and he turned around and he called them back down the aisle and he raised both their hands, which was a nice touch. For going too far. Yeah, but it was a nice touch. It It was cool. Suzuki understands the respect army, and that's that's cool. It's funny, even in the sort of pile driver video, like Suzuki's just like, "Oh, me and Brooks are friends, so I'll do this for you." But <laughs> Brooks even then, terrified. yeah, it's because Brooks understands the gravity of the situation. Ito is just like, "Oh, well, I'm Maki Ito. Everyone wants to be friends with me." Mm-hmm. Yes. Shall we move on? Yes. Um, indeed. Now, speaking of one faction that's trying to build its legend in the Ito Respect Army, Burning is already a legendary uh, faction which is trying to build itself up again in its latest form. Uh, they took on the 37 Kamina, uh, Mayo, uh, Mayo, Shunma, Katsumata, Toji Kijima, and Yuki Enyo. Uh, Wayne, I'm sorry, I spelled it correctly. And Burning, of course, featuring Yonakiyama, Tetsuya Endo, Yusuke Okada, and Yua Kuroku. Who kind of all follow the the mold of the great burning members of the past? Would you agree? Yeah, it feels like they're trying to keep the homage going. Yeah, and you know, uh, burning really started. Well, the last major burning was it? The last major burning. It's like they set fire to lots of stuff. Um, the last major. I'm just looking tag teams and stables. I've got I've got the cage match open, so. Uh, the last major burning um, event was the AJPW burning, um, which, well, let's start at the beginning, which was, uh, it came from Saruta Gun, which was Jumbo Saruta, Yoshiaki Yatsu, Yorakira Teyu, Masanubi Fochi, Mighty Inoue, Yoshiro Gawa, and Yun Akiyama. That was the first iteration of a group evolving around Akiyama. And then Super Generation Army with Misawa Kawada Kabashi, Teyu, Kikuchi, Akayama, and Asako. Sternness, which was the best name for any faction ever. <laughs> Yurakiyama, Akshioti Saito, uh, Makato Hashi, Yoshinobu Kanamura, Kentishigai, 
uh, Takeshi Moshimura, Yun Izumuda, and Atsushi Aoki. That was in Noah when Akiyama turned heel. Um, and that went from 2000 to 2008. We talked about that faction when we talked, me and Alex talked about Akiyama and his younger career. Special Assault Team, which was a short lived one with Saito, Go Shiozaki, Katoru Suzuki, and Atsushi Aoki. Um, and then he's been involved in four, three different burnings, which was founded by Kenta Kibashi in 1998 and started off as Kibashi, Akiyama, Shiga, and Yoshinobu Kanemura, which was based around the Burning Hammer, which was, of course, Kenta Kibashi's finisher at the time. They reformed Burning in 2013 when Koshi Uzaki, Akiyama, Katoru Suzuki, Yoshinobu Kanemura, and Atsushi Yoka all quit Noah in disgust at the fact they'd fired Kenta Kobayashi. <laughs> um, so that went well. <laughs> um, and then they reformed Burning with Tetsuya Endo, Yosuya Okada, and Yue Karaku this year. So the basic principle is, if you wrestle like Kenta Kibashi and have that sense of spirit and fire in you, then Yon Akiyama will put you under his wing and make you into a star, which is fair enough, I think. Until the promotion runs out of money and can't afford to keep you, like Kanemura, who signed New Japan instead, but ended up in Noah because Suzuki Bun. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. <laughs> this was very good. I enjoyed this. It was a proper wrestling match. What's your thoughts on it, John? I wish I'd stop bullying my boy Shunma. Like, he always seems to be like the punching bag for these matches. Like, him and Toy Kojima were just like there to be beaten up for most of the time. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it was an, again, excellent match. Like, the burning faction is. Definitely starting off strong, and the fact that you've got Akiyama and Endo in the same group is just kind of unbelievable. <laughs> and then, yeah, to pair, like pair them against the Kamina, who are just like fun and wrestling sort of put together. It's all just it all flowed very well. It was just a nice eight man. I'm wondering why they haven't like um, no one like copyrighted Burning. <laughs> I suppose because it's jumped between that many companies, it's probably yeah. no... I mean, it's also kind of a very innocuous term to sort of try and copyright. I suppose it's, so. It's just yeah. the word burning. No, I suppose so, yeah. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, the DDT Universal title, Daisuke Sasaki, defeated Masahiro Takanashi in an exceptionally good match, I thought. And the story of this was Takanashi wasn't good enough as a Choco Pro wrestler to go up against a, a champion like Sasaki who looked down on Takanashi for the most of their feud and this particular this particular match and the Choco Pro wrestlers came out to support Takanashi in this match and it was really really good what's your thoughts on this one John? This one was kind of special for me because I'm pretty sure it was this exact same match was the first ever DDT men event I'd ever seen Oh, wow, cool. It was from several years back when Takanashi won a fan vote to be Sasaki's opponent, and he beat Sasaki for a belt at that time. Mm. And now, all these years later, Takanashi's come back from injury. He's got his Chocopro army with him, and he sadly couldn't get the job done this time. But it was still a damn intense match. It was also slightly bizarre, because... AEW had let Emi Sakura cut promos for this match, obviously as the leader of Chocker Pro, uh, in front of uh, presumably somewhere in Florida, 
<laughs> in, front of, in front of a bunch of AEW backgrounds where they do their interviews with Tony Schiavone. It would have been, been better if Tony Schiavone had tried to interview Emi Sakura about it. I can't even imagine how Tony, Tony Schiavone's brain would have worked and to explain it to him. I think he might have just exploded. Um, but yeah. Um, they yeah, that was... threw in some sort of Sakura moves through this match. Yeah, there was lots, lots of callbacks and it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. And this led to what is going to be an absolute monster of a match. As Minoru Fujita gets the next shot at the DDT Universal title. There you go. Can't really go wrong with that, can you? <laughs> it's like, it seems like everyone is suddenly waking up on how good Minoru Fujita actually is. The amount of titles he's had, like, just this, like, between 2021 and now, I guess, is just incredible. I mean, people sometimes just get that kind of momentum going and it's like, oh, he's really good and we need to use him here, here and here and here and here and here. And that's just the way it goes, isn't it? So. He's been like the most dependable hand in like, especially deathmatch wrestling for years. He's obviously been with BJW since like the start pretty much because we saw him on the older shows we did there. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. now everyone suddenly gets like, oh shit, Minoru Fujita is actually really good. And I'm like, see, I wasn't just being a hipster, you assholes. <laughs> uh, let's move on. It was the KOD tag team title match. Disaster Box, the current champions, Harashima and Naomi Yashimura defeated the bodyguard in Yuji Hino in 18 minutes and 17 seconds. Kind of a big hit and hope match, this. It was fun, though. I enjoyed it. But it was big monsters going up against Disaster Box. What did you think of this one, John? Did Harashima actually do anything in this match? I really can't Not remember. Much. <laughs> this in... was mainly just... Yoshimura getting his ass handed to him until he won in the end. Yeah, it did seem to come as a bit of a flat finish. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm never going to complain at Yuji Hino just slapping people down. Like, Yuji Hino is a monster in the best sense of being a monster. <laughs> and just, I genuinely was just sort of like, okay, it's going to be cool to see Harashima. Oh, Harashima's barely in this match. What the fuck? It, yeah, I don't understand this one to be honest. Like it was fun enough to watch, but like the actual layout of the match was just confusing. It didn't seem to kind of go too far anywhere, really. I mean, it was all right. There's nothing wrong with it. It was perfectly serviceable. It was just it, like it twenty big minutes, men slapping meat for the whole match, and it's like, yeah, that's great, but like, why was this a tag title match if there wasn't much in the way of tagging from the champions? Mm which you kind of expect the champions to do because they're tag team champions. Anywho. I almost feel like this would have worked better as a handicap match with no title on the line because that would have just been more interesting to watch. Kind of missing the point, though, I suppose, really. You know, getting Bodyguard to come tag with Hino and the whole storyline thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what can you do? It didn't Next. feel like a... A big ending thing, did it? It it felt more like a to carry the story on thing, middly thing, really. Yeah, rather than a beginning or an end. I'm I'm sure we'll see what happens with the tag team picture as as things go along. Um, we have the main event to talk about next. Whoa, <laughs> this was wrestling. This was Yuji Okiyashi was lost to current KOD Openweight Champion Kensuke Takashita. 37 minutes and 17 seconds. This snapped along at a hell of a pace. And 
honestly, it nearly made my match of the year. It sneaked my match, nearly sneaked my match of the year right at the end of the year. This was arguably the best main event I saw in Japan all year. It was arguably, well, it's definitely the best DDT match I've ever seen. Okabayashi is absolutely on form at the moment. Do you know what happened today? Please tell me you won something. <laughs> He's your current BJW World's Heavyweight Champion. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Um, They've given him his belt back. Yes, he oh, wait, won that, that means... title today. Oh, God. The Nomura army are going to be devastated. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michelle, who does all the deathmatchy stuff, the Queen of Tokyo, as she is now known, um, was at the BJW show today, and she tweeted that out this morning. She took pictures too, so we're going to go check on her uh, stuff. But Okabayashi in this particular match was on another level. This is like literally 10 times better than I've ever seen him wrestle before. I knew he was always good, and I've always enjoyed watching his work, but I've never gone out of my way to go see his work, but now I will. You know, Takashita, who's been on fire since he won the title from Akiyama, He's arguably one of the best champions in Japan. This, well, I mean, of the three, four major championships currently available in Japanese companies, men's companies, dare I say it, he's better than Takagi and nearly as good as Nakajima? Mm, I don't know. We'll see. Things will come to a head on that this week anyway. But yes, Takashita was outstanding this Makano, but Akabayashi was outstanding. What's your thoughts on it, John? Any, anything else you'd like this to say? This was the entire reason I, I saw. I was like, okay, I'll watch this show. It's like, because I saw it was Akabayashi versus Takashita. Then the Suzuki like tag got announced. I was like, okay, I'll definitely watch this. But Akabayashi is insane. Like, he knows exactly what to do at ex- like exactly the right time for the exact right amount of impact he can sell like his life depends on it and holy shit he went 37 minutes in a very <laughs> very hard hitting main event where he made Takashi to work for his life like this was incredible and yeah it it deserves like plenty of match of the year accolades just based on how damn good it was it was outstanding. It was exactly the match that needed to happen for that championship. Essentially, they were the first big show of the biggest week in biggest two weeks in professional wrestling in Japan, and they had to set the tone. Otherwise, everyone else was going to kind of go, well, it was DDT opened, and they absolutely blew it out of the water. Um, of the main events I saw in this particular week, it was the best. I would say it would edge the other major one we're going to talk about, and only just, but it did it did edge the other mm-hmm. one. So yeah, this was I loved, loved, loved this wrestling match, and I strongly suggest you all go see it. People, I the wrestling universe are charging now. <laughs> Unfortunately, on January the first, they took my money, but they can gladly have it if they keep producing matches like this. So yes, but outstanding overall thoughts on the card. Yeah, it was really well sort of laid out by the weird placement of the tag title match. But, like, it all sort of built nicely. You started kind of goofy, bit silly. You had a serious little midpoint with the Suzuki match. And then, yeah, it was all sort of building towards what would be the show-stealing main event. Like, it was all logically done. And it was all really nicely sort of upping the ante again until the dud that was the tag title match but like even by by dud standards it wasn't the worst thing on the card and it wasn't it was great awful. it felt out of place yeah where it so. was 
But yeah, so uh, that was that. We moved on then on to the 30th. This was on Thursday. We both watched it on the Friday. I think you watched it on the Saturday. This was Gleet or Gleet version two, which was from Tokyo Dome City Hall, uh, which, hmm, interestingly, is very much a New Japan venue. Traditionally, they've held um, New Year's Dash at that particular venue mm-hmm. when they haven't gone to Kurikan Hall and they need a bit more space. Aodum 3 attended this, which is a bit short for that venue, but obviously they're under COVID regulations. This was a joint UWF, Lidette, and uh, Glate wrestling match. So, wrestling match, wrestling card. So, the first half was under UWFI rules, the second half was under regular wrestling rules. So it is essentially two different companies in one, but you had some interesting mix of matches because a lot of people who were under normal circumstances, um, professional wrestlers as opposed to shoot wrestlers, wrestled in a shoot style. So that was kind of cool to watch and different. But we started off with possibly an all-time legend of shoot style wrestling, Tatsuya Nakano. He defeated Samuel Watanabe in two minutes and 47 seconds. I have watched Tatsuya Nakano about six or seven times for the history of Japanese wrestling as a straight pro, as a shoot fighter in the UWF, UWF Reborn, UWFI. Um, And he looks exactly the same as he did 30 years ago, which is terrifying. It's the power of the mullet. The mullet, the quiffed mullet. Honestly, somebody's onto something with that. He's 56 years old, doesn't look a day over 35. And because he looks exactly the same as he did when he was 35, quiffed mullet. It's the way forward. It's 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 just it is the elixir of life. Uh, so Watanabe got a proper kick in in two minutes and forty seven seconds. It's the only way to describe this. Didn't last very long. It was your pretty, thoughts, John. It was a pretty <laughs> much a sort of ow 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 dead fight. It was quite an interesting finish though, because obviously Watanabe managed to get some licks in, but then the Carnor just sort of downs him with knees to the gut, and that's it. And I was just like. That's weirdly realistic. Well, yeah, Tatsunako is best described as weirdly realistic. Like, with shoot fights, they usually try to have some kind of, like, sort of proper KO finish. In this case, it was just a case where he couldn't get back up because he was winded too badly. And I'm like, (laughs) you know what? That's really clever. Nobody does that. No, no, it's, it's, yeah, no, that makes sense. And it was it was for, it was too short for even cage match to get a rating on it, but it was really good. I enjoyed what it was, and the old point was, hey, look, it's Tetsuya Nakano. We can still beat people up. <laughs> um, speaking of old guys who know how to beat people up, Hikaru Saito tagged with Eurofone mentioned the one with the worst personality in the world, Minoru Suzuki, to defeat Tetsuya Uishiya and Uizuka in nine minutes and twenty-one seconds. This was a lot more even-handed with the youngsters kind of getting the upper hand from time to time. I think they only dropped two points, but they got the kicking they were going to get from the two veterans. Suzuki and Sato, bang on form with this. This was brilliant. Really good to watch. Um, For those of you who don't, UWFI tag rules, obviously there's no double teams because that would just be mean (laughs) given the situation. So it doesn't work like that. You can tag in and out, but you can't double team people. Um, if you use the ropes like under regular UWFI rules, they've kind of simplified the UWFI rules. If you get the ropes, then get to the ropes, you lose a point. Um, and if you've got five points in a time limit match, and if you use the rope five times, then you lose the match. 
Um, so a lot of it works very much in the center of the ring. It's very much more submission based and realism based. Um, but yeah, no, this was good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I like Iska and I like Ischa, Izichu, I'll call it correctly pronounced. Izuchi, there we go. I like Izuchi and I like Iska. Um, and of course I like Sato and I like Suzuki because they're awesome. What's your thoughts on this, John? Yeah, seeing Hikari Sato and Minoru Suzuki team together was just like... Dream totally, take time. Like, that's, that's incredible. How how have I never seen this before? Like, you've got the two most versatile shooters on the planet. Sato didn't bust out his, like, maid dress this time, though. <laughs> like, imagine that. Shoot fighting in a maid dress. That would what? be... Well, yes, I think, well, Glate are trying, UWFI Ledette are trying to make things a little bit more serious. That's the kind of the whole theme of this particular company is kind of like take wrestling a bit more seriously. Even their lucha stuff they take seriously. So that's one of the reasons why I kind of like the presentation a bit. It it was still incredibly to watch, incredible to watch. I just think it would have been funny as hell. Because obviously <laughs> Sato shoot style fighting in a maid dress. As Suzuki looks on thinking, why didn't I think of that? No. <laughs> Next, yeah, up, as you said, sorry. this was excellently sort of paced. It had a nice sort of back and forth feel to it, and obviously the right team won, but they didn't win as easily as you'd expect them to. No, that's it. There was there was a bit more back and forth involved in this one, so that was that was well worth the effort. Next up was perhaps the most intriguing match on the card: Michiko Miyagi formerly known as Cassandra Mayagli, and formerly known as Cassandra in Sendai Girls and in Stardom, lost to Chihiro Hashimoto, her dojo sister, in 4 minutes and 21 seconds. This was Miyagi's debut as a uh, shoot-style wrestler, and honestly, I could think of better people to start off with than Chihiro Big Match Hashimoto, who throws people around like used luggage. So, um, and unsurprisingly, she lost. Uh, Hashimoto is like the dominant world champion in Sendai Girls. She's one of the biggest stars in the Joshi circuit. And there was nothing wrong with this match, but it was really kind of too short to judge. But I think they're telling the wider story of Miyagi learning how to shoot, which was a more interesting story to tell. Miyagi was not the most shooty of shoot students for the Sendai Girls uh, roster. She was a proper character wrestler. So... Well, obviously, you know, she is a protege of uh, uh, Mako Satomura and is double tough. She isn't exactly, you know, Luthez or anything. So this was intriguing to see how this would play out. What's your thoughts on it, John? I think she didn't do terribly. She managed, no. to, she managed to hold her own for a little bit before being thrown around again by the bear of Beauty Bear and the absolute unit that is Hashimoto. <laughs> It, this was the Azerati versus um, uh, Joe Cornelius for the 21st century, really. It was kind of, you you knew what was going to happen the second you saw the two sort of matched up against each other. Like, it's just a case of how quickly is this going to end in disaster for Miyagi. <laughs> it is. And it's like, it all worked. Miyagi, interestingly, rocking the bare feet for her shoe debut. I wonder if that'll change in the next match and she goes back to boots. To be fair, she got a pretty decent triangle in. And it was sort of just like, oh, shit. She could still... Oh, no, she's been powerbombed down. Oh, and she's been thrown... Oh, she's dead. Yeah, it was a bit ash. And uh, as intriguingly as Dojo Sisters, they didn't shake hands afterwards either. Mm. I think Hashimoto was just kind of 
too warm based on like the out- attire she came out in. <laughs> it looked uncomfortable then. I dread to think how you'd feel after a match. She does wear awfully snug singlets. It's Hashimoto's kind of style. But, you know, she's she's as wholesome as the day is long. She's kind of like Jordan Grace, only bigger. <laughs> to be fair, those two, have, those two have had a match before, haven't they? I think they did in the States once. I'd like to see it again now. They've got both got a bit more experience. That'd be really cool. Impact. Forbidden yeah. door bullshit. Get your hero Hashimoto. Uh, that, that won't work because Sendai are kind of a bit close with WWE these days for obvious reasons. Mm. I don't think you're going to get big hash out of, out of stuff. Gleet is probably about you'd, you'd have to get Jordan Grace to Gleet, which would be a way it would be, might be easier. <laughs> to be fair, imagine Jonathan Gresham and Jordan Grace and Gleet. That would actually thing. work out incredibly well for both. I think so, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on. The next one was a tag match. And again, we had shoot legends against less well-known wrestlers. Masui Nagai and Daijiro Matsui lost to the living legends that are Minoru Tanaki, Tanaki, Minoru Tanaka, and Matsuya, Mats, Mats, Masakatsu Funaki. 12 minutes and 44 seconds. This was really good. Thoroughly enjoyed myself for this. What did you think of this one, John? This was just four shooters sort of put in a ring and told to do whatever the hell they want for 12 minutes. And it worked brilliantly. <laughs> like, it it was just sort of interesting, like, chess game wrestling. You were sort of just there seeing what the hell they'd do next. It's like, oh, they've got that hold on. Oh, they've switched to that. Oh, they switched it. Holy shit, how have they switched it so many times? It's just... Like, a lot of people get turned off by matches like this, but it's, I don't know, it's the presentation of it. And the fact that you had, like, obviously Tanaka and Funaki, who everyone knows, against these, like, lesser-known but no less skilled shooters. And it was just like, oh, shit, this is actually <laughs> really competitive. Well, just to give you the idea, Funaki was trained by Kyle Gotch. Tanaka was trained by uh, Yoshiaki Fujiwara. Matsui was trained by uh, Nobuyuki Takada, and Nagai was trained by Akira Maeda, which I have just listed the hardest people who ever lived (laughs) Um, in pro wrestling circles, like proper badass, badass, badass shooters. So these guys are all like generation one levels of Lancastrian style shoot wrestling. It's exactly the kind of thing, you know, People like Josh Barnett has um, apoplexies of joy over. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other thing the world's just waiting for now, isn't it? Well, Josh Barnett to go to Gleet. Yeah, he's probably really cool. orders to open. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you. I think it's just up his up his alley. To be honest with you, uh, the last and main event of the UWF Highlight portion of the show was Shuji Ishikawa versus Takanori Ito. Nine minutes twenty one seconds in a breathtaking professional wrestling match of the highest order bit more story to this one concerning breaks and things and taking advantage of the rules um and ishikawa did it with a plum there was a bit of heated exchange between him and ito but this was really compelling professional wrestling what's your thoughts on this one john yeah this was pure gold like i love shuji ishikawa like not only is he a monster wrestler he's a deathmatch veteran and he is just double tough <laughs> and Takanori Ito's there just like all right I'll fight him sure I can take him and then within about two minutes there's just been a shoot headbutt and a point taken off because Ishikawa was sick of him running his mouth 
<laughs> like, holy shit, I've never seen someone... Like, there are very few, like, times in a UWF Rolls match where I've seen people just think, ah, fuck it, I'll lose a point, I don't care. But Ishikawa <laughs> was just like, I'm sure I can win this with even with, like, one point left. And he was just doing whatever the hell he felt like. And obviously, Ito wasn't slouching in this match. He did make Ishikawa work, but, like, it's Ishikawa. He will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't his usual thing, but he certainly made this work for him, and it was a thrilling wrestling match. Um, this is probably one on the strongly recommended of these three shows. I would strongly recommend you watch this one, definitely. It's less than 10 minutes as well. Like, you yeah. Can... You can just sit down, put it on whilst you have a cuppa, and enjoy sort of Shuji Ishikawa and Takanori Ito beating the hell out of each other. Indeed. We'll like, move on to the... Sorry, Cam. Ishikawa's first headbutt cracked me up because it was sort of just so blatant. I was just like, holy <laughs> shit, you just did that. Oh, yes, headbutt's <laughs> not allowed on. It's like a sack of bricks. <laughs> oh, yes, headbutt's not allowed under UWF rules. Should have pointed that out. Elbow's fine. Palm hands fine, kicks fine, knees fine, but not headbutts. Um, we'll move on to the next match, which honestly I can't remember much of anyway. Uh, Atsuki Yagi, John Tonsho, Jun Tosho, Takori Niki defeated Yun Masaka, Hichi Sato, and Soma Watanabe, who was pulling double duty for the evening, having done his shoot portion of the show. I would have to say I thought it was all right because I can't remember much about it. What was your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, it was fine. It was sort of. It was a mix of like Lucha Noah Junior style sort of fighting. Like I've seen um Ayagi recently because he fought to jury for the MLW middleweight title. He got mm. a nice showing and yeah, it was just kind of one of those. Right, we're opening the next portion of the show. Here's like six of of our hot stars doing hot star things. And kind of it it was just there to fill a gap, but it filled the gap nicely. Yeah, no, it was good. Thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, from what I can remember of it, but isn't much. But there we go. Singles match, which is another reason for the price of the admission, we thought, anyway. This Yuki was a Hara... free show. You didn't even have to pay for admission. No, this is it. it. You can get this on YouTube. It's free. It will not cost you anything. It might get picked up to go on Ami... um, Ambina, the Japanese uh, network that does a lot of wrestling, and they'll take it off for a while, but it'll be back up there eventually. Dash Chisako defeated Yukiri Hosokawa in 9 minutes and 51 seconds. Hosokawa is a wrestling prodigy at 17 years old um, who decided to pick a fight with Dash Chisako. Why would you pick a fight with Dash Chisako? There's, there are other things you can spend your time. Um, Hosokawa will now find another hobby, but don't pick a fight with Dash Chisako. Uh, unfortunately for Dash, she had to follow the rules, but she did her level best to skirt them as much as she possibly could. And this was another thriller, nine minutes and 51 seconds of Dash being Dash and Hasekawa trying to keep up in a very artistic manner. What's your thoughts on this one, John? It's kind of funny, isn't it? Because obviously Hashimoto and Shizako are a team and both destroyed, like, younger, comp- well, competitors, like, getting into the field. Yes. Like, I think this is Hasekawa's first match in Glit after leaving Gato move and just yeah, talk about a baptism by fire. Chizako just beat the hell out of her. Like, this was a murder for a lot of it, and Hosokawa sort of showing off that, like, 
youthful energy to sort of come back after a severe ass kicking and keep on fighting until eventually just hormones flash later and that's it, Bell. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dash Chizaka was probably one of my all-time favourite wrestlers that I don't get to see fight very often and just, yeah. A sort of sheer no fucks given, I'm going to kill you attitude just always like shines through in a match. <laughs> if there's something tall she can jump off, she will find it. If there is something she can throw at you, she will find it. She is a by any means necessary professional wrestler. And her and her sister, the Sendai sisters, I'm trying to remember Dash, uh, I can't remember what her sister was called now off the top of my head. I will look it up. I'm on cage match. May as well find it. See, I'm just going to talk about my favourite Dash Chisako match, which is the one I got to see in person. Yes, you do that. Kaylee Ray. And she knocked her head <laughs> off the bar because she was like, I'm going to jump off the bar. Oh. She still jumped off it. <laughs> Sent by Sachiko, that's it. Her actual real-life sister. They were one of the best tag teams I ever, ever saw. Um, and they were like proper... They were the young books before the young books. Um, she retired and got married to my children. <laughs> and Dash so. is here braining people with chairs whenever she can. Yes. Well, one night she brained the young books, so there you go. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll move on, though, to the MPW Tahuku Junior Heavyweight Championship from Michinoku Pro. Mushashi, the current champion, defeated Kazayashi. Yes, that Kazayashi in 13 minutes and 13 seconds. Kazayashi, like a lot of members of the Gleet roster, apparently has found the fountain of youth and does not look any more older than his 47 years will belie him. Um, and this match was outstanding for a championship match. You know, especially like Kaz is 48. He's older than me. <laughs> and he, he just knows how to make a match work. He's just that good and knows exactly how to do things at the right time. And that's what made this match great. It was it was just brilliant. Young champion who knows what he's doing. Former uh, heavyweight genius of wrestling. Let them go. Tell a story. And I think this was the first title match on a great card. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, this this kicked ass. It was really damn brutal, to be honest. They didn't really do anything light. They just sort of started heavy and got heavier. Yeah. They had a bit of everything. Like Masashi is known for like high flying a lot of the time, but then they're just there throwing forearms with like n to no one's business and just again, it's one of these matches that goes by so quickly because you're just absorbed by it. like, oh shit, it's over. What? Where'd the time go? At least that's what <laughs> happened with me anyway. No, no, it was right. It was really, really good. Um yeah, no, it was it was exceptional. Another one you probably should go watch. You should watch this entire card. It's just that good. But yeah, that was one of the, the standouts of the card. Next up was Strong Hearts. This is the main event, by the way. This was, oh yeah, I should explain this. This was a hair versus hair 10-man tag elimination match. Now, it wouldn't be the whole team losing their hair. And names have been picked at random to who would lose their hair. So one person would lose their hair on each team should that team lose. Um, and that's what they signed up to, and it was Strong Hearts versus Bulk Orchestra. So Strong Which Hearts is, is the best name for a faction I think I have ever heard. <laughs> bulk Orchestra. Yes, which is because the, they're all fairly bulky, 
and presumably play instruments on the side. Um, but of course, strong hearts is Seema, Al Linderman, Issei Anatsuka, Shikahiro, Iri, and T Hawk. And they won um, after a long match 42 minutes and 27 seconds against Hayati Tamura, Kazuma Sakamoto, Nobuhiro Shimatina, Quiet Storm, and Ryuchi Kawakami in 47 seconds. Who was it who got the head shaved on Bulk Orchestra? I can't remember. Um, was it Tamura? Yeah, it was Tamura. Yes. He wasn't uh, too happy about it. Uh, <laughs> no, he wasn't. No, he was did not feel he felt somewhat aggrieved. I which didn't is understandable. Shimatani to be in this. Like again, kind of one of the members from Damnation that like has washed up somewhere else. <laughs> Quite, oh, this is Quiet this Storm is... didn't live up to the name. He was very loud. Yes, he is though. I almost guarantee Quiet Storm was not getting his hair cut because half his personality is his haircut. <laughs> so, you know, I was always that very written into his contract. There is absolutely no way I am losing my hair. Um but yeah, he used to have a he used to have a tag team with Mohammed Yone in Noah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That's that was yeah. Gonna say that. I think it was like funky metal or something. I can't remember. It was called because I've looked him up for some of the things before. Where is it? Um, do, 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 do. Entourage teams and stables. There we go. Yes, the fifty funky powers with Mohammed Yone. I think that was still written on his tight uh, his trunks. Yes. Um, previous to that, they were called Mohammed Yone and Quiet Storm. <laughs> wow, creative. <laughs> um, uh, Silent but Violent with Josh Daniels as an independent tag team and Divine Storm with Chris Devine in Ring of Honor and on the Indies and was a former tag partner with Kazuma Sakamoto in Glate uh, or current, sorry, I should say. So I'm guessing he signed with Glate because his contract ran out with Noah just as Noah got new ownership and I think they were concentrating on the homegrown talent. So they really couldn't afford... Um, uh, Gaijin. He was actually trained by Mikey Whitbreck and Taiji um, Tajiri. I think he said Tajiri? Takemichinoku. Mikey Whitbreck and Takemichinoku. There's an intriguing couple of people as trainers for you. Um, but yeah, uh, this match was good. It was really, really good. It was thoroughly entertaining. Did not slow down for 42 minutes. It was absolute breakneck speed with absolutely no rest holes and a plancher every three minutes. Like, the I kind of thing kind that of... would make Jim Cornette's blood boil. <laughs> yeah, I think he kind of summed it up perfectly there. I can't really add to it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, this is this is this card was ace. I think it might be the best overall card of the three. There's less standout matches, but with actually like content that's just good, and you don't have to like have a degree in the particular uh, organization to understand what's going on. It's more accessible. That's what I'm really looking for. Of the think, three, I, it's the I most accessible. I originally hadn't watched this. We just happened to be talking about it on Saturday, and I'm like, well, I've got a couple of hours free, so... Yeah. Was it Friday? No, I think it was... Yeah, it was Friday. Yeah. yeah. Either way, I had time free what put this on, and yeah, I definitely don't regret it. This was no. fucking awesome. There you go. And more people should watch more Glate. It's free. And the boss actually follows us on Twitter. What? He yeah, yeah, he does. The boss of Lidette actually follows me on Twitter and he follows the show on Twitter and he retweets all of our stuff. 
every time we're watching a UWF Holy Debt show, he's there. Huh. That's <laughs> me, and Michelle, me and Michelle were joking about wanting to be the commentary team for it. And they were like, she was like, yeah. <laughs> he retweeted it. It was like, he liked it. Yes, you should do that. So like, mm, intriguing. But there we go. Um, shall we move on to Noah, the new year? Yes, sure three, because we watched way too much wrestling. Well, I mean, that could be said about us any time, really. <laughs> to be fair, you've got to throw in the two GCW shows and multiple Chaka Pro shows I've watched on this period as well for review. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Jeff Jarrett is now GCW, isn't he? That is incredible. He just turned up and hit Effie over the head with a guitar. I'm gonna pull out the I'm gonna pull out the woodwork next for Effie and Ali catch to wrestle. <laughs> Medusa and Sally for Ali I mean, for Ali Scott, catch. Scotty too hot. He was on the show and all. Oh yeah, yeah, and he Charlie Evans as well. My childhood from wrestling video games I was actually on a wrestling show. There you go. I I have to apologise to Tom from the random wrestling review this week because I apparently ruined his childhood. Why? Because uh, uh, I told him that Bret Hart didn't invent the sharpshooter and Conan taught him how to do it. Oof. Yeah. Because that last week's show, they were talking about Masa Saito, as in Saito Suplex. Mm. And they'd never heard of him because they only watch American, like North American wrestling from the 80s and the 90s. And I was like, he, he invented the sharpshooter, the, the Scorpion Deathlock. And he was like, he may have invented the move that led to the Scorpion Death. No, he invented the Scorpion Death. <laughs> but, okay, Tom, it's all right. And I said, no. He said, in my mind, Bret Hart invented the sharpshooter. And I was like, no, Conan showed him how to do it. And he was like... Yeah. Um, it's what we call denial. Yeah, but it's like, no, you've ruined my childhood. And it's like, who do you think he learned all that stuff off? Mainly his dad, the Dynamite Kid, and... Um, uh, Kendo Nagasaki, the Japanese Kendo Nagasaki, not the British Kendo Nagasaki, not Pete Thornley, the other one, Sakaguchi. Anywho, let's move on to Noah. <laughs> um, where are we? Uh, yes, this was at Nippon Budokan, 3181, biggest show of the week so far. I have a feeling that might go on Wednesday. <laughs> the presentation for this was incredible. Like It was the, amazing. The stage displays, the ramps, the Everything was awesome. Well, I know. I suppose if you know you're not going to sell out eleven thousand because they're not because you can't do, you know, because of COVID regulations, and knowing how many tickets you're going to sell, you could you've got a bit of room to manoeuvre, haven't you? Like in the old days, the ramp was right at the back of the staging area, so you had to walk the entire length of the arena to get to the ring. So they didn't do that. They brought that further forward. They put a big sign in front of it, a massive, massive screen, like the biggest screen I've ever seen in a wrestling show, even bigger than the WWE ones. Um, and then they ran big graphics all day, and it looked amazing. They clearly put money into it. Uh, we should say, though, before this match, um, uh, I'm just looking at what is the Budokan... Oh no, it's just, uh, yeah, okay. I've seen what the Budokan, uh, like the day before, two days before, Stardom, I put Stardom Dream Queendom into that hall, got 3,039, and the Noah got 3,181, making them the second biggest wrestling company 
in Japan at the moment, Stardom are number three with New Japan as number one, I think, on, on the annual draw, on the biggest shows of 2021. But prior to this, Akurakan Hall 01 had their show, which featured a main event of Masato Tanaka versus uh, Kazushi Sakura, no, sorry, uh, Takashi Sugiura for the Zero uh, One World's Heavyweight Championship, which was an absolute blinder. The show started at two o'clock in the morning UK time and was on Wrestle Universe. I got up in time just to watch the main event, and I'm so glad I did because I don't think I'd watched the entire show, but that main event was an absolutely stonking match. It was amazing. Um, and yeah, uh, how Sagiara and Tanaka got themselves back together, got changed, had a shower, walked across to Budokan Hall and started all over again with two championship matches or main, semi-main events is unreal. But there you go. So let's talk about the rest of the card. Yunti Makawa and Kinya Okada defeated Kai Fujimura and Yatsuki Yano, eight minutes and 31 seconds in the opening match. It was all right. I enjoyed it. What are your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, this was just a sort of opening match. It made everyone look good. Everyone got their shots in. Everyone got to enjoy a bit of time on air. It was pretty good. Yeah, uh, same similar can be said for Funky Express versus Congo. Akisisio Saito, King Tani, and Mohamed Yone defeated Manubi Soya, Neo, and Tedaske in 8 minutes and 45 seconds. There was some good stuff in this. Tedaske taking himself a bit more seriously in this match. And it showed, but it was really, really strong. Funky Express, though, has King Tanny leaned up a bit? He seems to have lost some weight and got a bit more serious. It it, it looks it, doesn't it? Like, comparing him now to a few months back, it's... He's got ripped and he's got lean. It's My almost favorite... like that sort of match where he had to prove his worth actually pushed him to... like Prove his worth. Yeah. Um, my favourite commentary line from uh, Mark and Stuart, the commentary team from Noah, was, and possibly the whole weekend, from Stuart, which was Akushi Sito, Sito. He's got that old man strength, which just makes him stronger, which I'm not completely convinced is true. <laughs> I think Saito is just terrifying, and that's his power. Like, yes. He is able to do everything he can through sheer terror. Because all he's <laughs> got to do is look at someone and that's it. Their soul has left their body and they are just a quivering mess of jelly. See, this is the thing. It's like under the old regime, Sato just looked like a lost lamb. He was just like, he was a heel tagging with Nakajima in his career when he just looked like... <sighs> and you wouldn't have thought turning him into a funky dancer literally a 50-year-old grizzled veteran who looks like he's run his face into a wall several times. But it's just, it's given him life. He's dyed his hair purple. He's got his quiff back. He's he's still got, again, quiff mullet. Can't say enough about the quiff mullet. And there you go. Bangers. Donna even got the win on this one. Yeah, yeah was, he did. Which means we got Buggy Wonderland to play them out. And of course, yeah. they all danced away. There you go. Like, I love the Funky Express. Like yes, they, they're just like, like the Funky Express. There's so much heart and personality in there, whilst they can also just purely kick the shit out of you because they are all big men shooters. <laughs> Bit unfair to stick him up against Congo's juniors, to be honest. But there we go. Uh, speaking of Congo, Aleha and Heyo defeated Stinger, Yoshioko, uh, Siki Yokiyasho, and Yui Susumi in 11 minutes and 44 seconds in a bit of a classic. This was a mini corker, I thought, not long enough to give it some real like length, 
but I haven't really thought an awful lot about Alea and Heo up until this match, and now I do. I think a lot more about them because I've seen a lot more of their stuff. Admittedly, when they're in like five, ten-man tags and stuff, you don't get to see enough of them to make an opinion, really. But this was really good fun. I really enjoyed it. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, this was, again, another sort of nice, fun, rapid-fire sort of junior tag match to sort of kick things off. It was just, yeah, really enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is the problem when we review Noah shows because obviously everything has its own style and that style comes through pretty much every time they do it. But there's always cool moments, but it always follows this sort of Noah style that is nearly always dependable and reliable for giving you great like good to great matches to build up an event. Like that's still like the Masawa kind of thought process isn't it like have the solid show all the way through that people will want to come back and see again because it's like stinger and congo two factions both have great little like juniors here and yeah they just kicked the hell out of each other did a lot of high flying hit a lot of great spots and wrapped it up in 12 minutes and again it's one of these matches that you sort of you watch and then the time suddenly off and you're like wait that was it <laughs> But it was really good. And that yeah. happens a lot when I watch Noah shows. There'll be like the first few matches on the card I'll look at and I'll just be like, well, shit, that flew by. Like, I really yeah. enjoyed it, but whoa, that went by quick. <laughs> okay, then we'll move on to the X was an eight man tag. Momo, Nissin, Guntag, Sushi Kataje, and Daisuke Harada tagged with Hajimi Ohara. O'Hara, O'Hara, O'Hara's and Scarlet O'Hara, O'Hara. Um, they're from the Noah regular army. They tagged with legendary uh, wrestler Ultimo Dragon of Dragon Gate, um, Tori Mon fame, you know, won 10 titles, guy, him. Um, and they defeated Los Paris de Vamal de Japon, Aita, Katoru Suzuki, Nasao Rongwai, and Yohei in 13 minutes and 51 seconds. And this was fun. This was real fun. And uh, Ultimo Dragon uh, took the win. I guess the the Hontai team was sick of getting their ass walked by um, uh, Paris de Mal. So they brought in a ringer who happened to be arguably the top, one of the top five greatest junior heavyweights of all time. Which wasn't a bad idea, really, was it? <laughs> I still love the fact that like Los Paris de Mal de Japon's music doesn't make him sound like heels. Because it's it's too upbeat. Is there any heels in Noah? <laughs> like, you, I suppose everyone's just kind of in it for themselves, aren't they? There's no clear roles. It's just a case of you do what you do to, to get by. But yeah, yeah it's it. just, they're sort of supposed to be this big domineering group. And then it's just like, their music is so friendly. <laughs> like, obviously, you've got the opening dog bark bit. But once it breaks away, it's just kind of really light electronic music. <laughs> And it's sort of just like, oh shit, I'm about to be attacked by wild dogs with xylophones in their mouths. <laughs> but yeah, now this was, again, I keep saying this was fun, but it was. It was really good wrestling and really Like, enjoyed. they know how to build a card and they know how to put on just, like, like, great matches that do what you want them to do. Like, in this, you want a fast-paced eight-man where the bad guys 
act like bad guys and the home team have to overcome them and that's what you get all the little personal stories sort of come through because you've got different people wanting to go after different people even if they can't and it's just yeah it all comes through into like this nice little package of a tag match so there we are i feel like i'm talking too much now no you're up but you're right though that's this this just analyzing why it's good that's the whole point Sigiri gun Kazuyuki Fujita and Kendo Kashin defeated Akitu Hidaki and Matsukatsu Funaki in 12 minutes and 17 seconds. As it was kind of, this was, this is like the most Inokiism of all matches possible, as they're all kind of Inoki, except for Hidaka. Hang on, Hidaka, who trained in? Can't remember. Uh, trainer. Oh, Animal Higuchi. Oh yeah, you should, yeah, Shooter Shikawa and Funaki. I suppose he was kind of like the the only non-Inoki person <laughs> in this particular match. And this was the one where Aoki and um um <clears throat> oh, the, the the red belt people, they gave it to Kendo Kashin, that was it. I'm trying to remember her name now. Yeah, Hata. Miyakiata, I don't know, just slipped my mind. They gave it to Kishin, the red belt to Kishin that the Bonds have been whipping uh, the pheromones with uh, the previous day at DDT or the previous week at DDT. This was this was big lads wrestling. Proper shooters up in a bang. Fujita hurling people around. Funaki making people hurt. Kendo Kishin being a bit shit as he is these days and Hidaki having a whale at the time. Corking. 12 minutes and 17 seconds of the most entertainment you're going to get on this particular card because it wasn't dead serious wrestling, but it was a load of fun. What did you think of this one, John? I, I love Kazuyuki Fujita. It's, he's kind of like Ishii on steroids. Because they've <laughs> both got no necks. They're both bulky as hell, and they'll both just kill you. And you put him with Kashin, who's just there to sort of ruin everyone's day <laughs> against, like, a shooter and Hadaka and... Again, the the chemistry was just all like all over the place in the best way, and obviously Vegeta ended things with what looked like a shoot knockout. Yeah, that was a horrifying <laughs> power bomb. Yeah, <laughs> everything he does is fairly horrifying. But there we go. Um, it's like Hidaka was out for like two minutes after this. He just didn't move, and everyone was just like, "Oh shit, what the hell." Vegeta, you've killed him. <laughs> uh, but also, that was there was reason for that, as we find out later in the card as well. It was setting you up to think that you know uh, uh, a knockout finish could happen, which was intriguing. I wondered if there's something like that would happen, which is yeah. the same happened on the Glade card. On the Glade card, because the first match on the Glade card was only two minutes long. Then Hashimoto and Miyagi had that match it was only four minutes long. So a lot of happens stuff happens on wrestling cards is to kind of like set you up for the possibility of other things happening elsewhere on the show. Um, the next thing was the GHC Junior Heavyweight Championship and stablemates and tag team partners. In fact, our GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Hayata and Yoshinaro Nogawa, went at it for the belt. 20 minutes and 54 seconds of an absolute blistering professional wrestling match. Hayata's had some shtick for his reign. I don't see it myself. I think he's had some really, really good matches. And I think this was another one on the list. Possibly not his best at this particular reign, but this was more about story and his relationship with Ogawa. As when he beat Ogawa, his mentor and the biggest veteran in the Noah dressing room, Ogawa was having none of it and threw his championship belt on the floor. Um, they are going to be challenged by, if I can remember this, Yohei and Katura Suzuki. 
at the next major event, which is Ogawa's former partner and Hayata's former partner, which, as one person described it on Twitter this week, as it's complicated. <laughs> uh, what did you think of this one, John? Because this was an intriguing match. Even if it wasn't the best technical wrestling spectacle in the world, it told a brilliant story. Yeah, this is it. It's, you sort of, I went into this one expecting to see Stinger fight, and I got to see Stinger fight. Because, again, it's sort of, I know you, you know me, how the hell are we going to sort of counter each other into this? And that's kind of how it played out. It was a very sort of high-risk, high-reward type match. It wasn't a technical masterpiece by any standard, but it was definitely entertaining to watch. And, again, it's it's more about intrigue than ability when you get matches like this. And I suppose when you've got such a high work rate card... Like, I don't see why that's an unwelcome addition. <laughs> it's like, surely yeah. you want a breather, don't you? You want something where you can just watch some something cerebral and story-filled come through instead of just pure car crash murder. We've got plenty of that coming up. In fact, we've got four matches of that coming up. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was a nice little, ah, intriguing and pleasing story to to, to watch and thoroughly enjoyed it. Next up was M's Alliance versus M's Alliance as the M's Alliance World Tag Team Champions Keiji Muto and Naimichi Marufuji defeated the number one contenders Masayaki Mochichizuki and Masato Tanaka. 20 minutes and 50 seconds of another blinding match between people who have a combined age of 230 or something ridiculous. And I don't understand how these people can keep going in life doing the things they do, especially Tanaka, who had already given his heart and soul in one match earlier in the day and then went back and did it again. Fuck uh, is Muto still moving as well as he is? I, I don't know. Marufuji is the youngest person in this match. He's 42. Um, Tanaka's 48, isn't he? Tanaka's 48. Michizuki is 41, I think. 51, sorry, I misread that. And of course, Kieji Muto famously... Had his 58th birthday last Friday. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, combined page of 109, 150, or 193, or something like that. 190-odd. <laughs> nearly 200 years between them. But, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed it, considering the way they were moving and the bombs they were throwing at each other. <laughs> Mochizuki kept going after Keiji Muto's knees. And I was hoping they wouldn't explode. I was going to say that I had the same feeling. I was just watching it. And it's like, are those knees going to be intact by the end of this match? Probably <laughs> not. No. Carried out with his legs at a right ankle. He was like, oh, oh just God. mental. But there we go. But yes, it was. It was good. It, it was. It was. It was an exceptionally good match. It was just dad violence. Proper dad violence. And All the violence, definitely. Does Marafuji have the scariest chops in the game? I'm, I'm still... It's it's yeah. between him and Go at this point on whose chops are the scariest. Well, the old... If you, we saw shots of the old Noah Dojo this week. Um, and I've seen the inside of that dojo because when um, uh, Kenta Kabashi retired, they did documentary of him going to the dojo to train. Which involved, which generally involved someone standing on Kobashi's head whilst he laid on his side, 
and he would do neck lifts with a 250 pound wrestler stood on his head to strengthen his neck. And he would, they had boards set into the concrete of the dojo so you could practice chops. And Marafuji and Kabashi would just stand there for hours going thunk, 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 thunk. And yeah, and Shizaki is another one. He did the same thing and they would just go thunk, thunk, thunk methodically over and over again like, until they had hands of stone. It's like, yeah, Marafuji enters the match and the first thing he does is a chop and it's like, oh, he's, he's just going to build up until I was just like, nope, that was a gunshot. <laughs> one of my, I mean, like one of my favourite matches that of all time was Okada versus Marafuji, and he just ricocheted stuff off Okada's chest. It was insane, insane, you know. And it, it, <laughs> it's one of the reasons why people in in the Impact Zone don't go woo anymore, was because Marafuji. Someone started laying chops into Marafuji, and Marafuji just did one when Noah had that deal with Impact. Noah laid in one chop, and everyone just went quiet because it was that loud. So they don't go woo in the impact zone anymore because Marafuji ended all that. <laughs> Marafuji showed him what a real chop sound. Like. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, flair, huh? Right, okay, bang. Oh, but yeah, but yes, this was excellent, just excellent fun. Um, then we had Daike Inabe, Master Kitayama, and Yoshiku Inamore, who we'll speak of more of in a moment. They went up against Segura Gun, Kazushi Sakuraba, Takashi Sugiara, and their guest for the day, the returning, very much prodigal son, Kenta, uh, making his debut for Segura Gun. Noticeably, with Bullet Club logos and Bullet Club theme tune, however, he was not carrying the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship belt. He turned up as the old Kenta and wrestled like the old Kenta. That's the key thing. I mean, he still um, got some of the stalling bullshit, but... Most of it was gone. And he kind of like got into the Sigurigun swing of things. And Yoshiaki Inamura, he became a made man because he went straight for Kenta. And Kenta put him way over at the end of the match when he said, who was that big guy? <laughs> Noah's future is secure with guys like Inamura, was his exact words, which is really, really cool and a really interesting way of going about things. But yes, this was the match as a precursor and a, and a kind of a nice little setup for the big show at Yokohama, for Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama, which pits New Japan versus Noah in a series of matches over the whole card. What were your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, again, this was great. I just loved everyone's sort of general animosity towards Kenta as everyone tried to kill him, especially in Amura, <laughs> who... It's hilarious that his um, ring attire makes him look like a tire, considering he was continuously trying to run Kenta <laughs> over. Like, I I also like the sort of added touch that Sakuraba and Sagira sort of upped their shenanigan count a bit, though Kenta felt a bit more welcome. <laughs> it's like they were acting more like dicks, but you couldn't tell if that was just because Kenta was there or because they wanted to sort of mess with the younger lot. Yeah, I mean, I was concerned because having a member of Chaos and a member of Bullet Club in the same team never works well. Let's be honest, it's going to end badly for somebody because um, Sakuraba is a member of Chaos. Um, so, yeah, I was intrigued as to how it would work, but it was good. It was fun and it sets things nicely up for the eighth. And it was a proper six-man tag match. It wasn't just a bunch of spots 
masquerading as a professional wrestling match. This was a wrestling match. It was really, really good. There was a point to it and a story. And that had to have been one of Kenda's best go-to-sleeps in quite a while. It was perfect and bang on. And he needed it to get rid of Inamura as well. Inamura sold it so well because he's just like... Like a proper Goliath getting in, hit in the face with a rock moment. It was. It was absolutely amazing. We've got two more matches to go on this marathon podcast. We've been at it for an hour and 20 minutes now, so we will get to these last two matches. Kenu defended his GHC National Heavyweight Championship, sorry, Openweight Championships, against Keita Kiyomiya by referee's decision, 24 minutes and 42 seconds. I think it was a knee to the head that ended the match. Roundhouse Kiyomiya. kick. Roundhouse kick, that was it. it was roundhouse I actually kicks. went back and rewatched it because I heard the impact of it, and I was just thought, like, Jesus. And then, obviously... Kiyomiya hit the ground like a sack of bricks and I was just sort of like what the fuck happened there so I sort of played it back and I was just like Jesus (laughs) but this was I think this was important for Kenu to kind of cement his leadership of Congo especially as another wrestler has the big belt in the company he needed a definitive win against a big name opponent and Kiyomiya the youngest GHC heavyweight champion of all time was just the right guy to put him over as a definitive winner. It also means that Kiyomiya hasn't taken Keno's finisher, which means you can have a match further down. Like, you caught me off guard. You didn't beat me properly. This is the second time this has happened. Where um, Kiyomiya has lost by referee's decision and not, like, Keno beating him squarely. Yeah, you know, so that builds to the story, doesn't it? It's like, you know... You haven't beat me properly yet. That's still always the thing. I mean, this is the thing is like Akada has never kicked out of the one wing angel. But then again, um, Akada, uh, Omega has never taken a Rainmaker properly either. <laughs> so, you know, they, they left things open for future endeavors, which will probably happen one day when Tony Khan has enough money in his bank account. Oh, when Omega gets sick of AW shit. I don't know. Um, I see he seems pretty happy. Now he's kind of like gone into uh, gone into semi-retirement. I think he's happy with things. <laughs> but there we are. Uh, but yeah, no, this was this was exceptional. And again, this is one of the matches of the week so far. It's going to take some topping as well. Uh, but yeah, Kia Mi is just awesome, and Keno is just awesome. Um, uh, it's his 50th anniversary, 15th, 50th anniversary. It's only like 30. It's his 15th anniversary coming up this year. And he wrestles like a centered, well-rounded veteran as well. And that's that's the kind of thing you need for a faction leader and a big name in the company. And he's exactly the right person to carry things, isn't he? He's the perfect mouthpiece for Noah because he sort of symbolizes everything they strive for. Yeah, exactly. And he's so sort of serious. To a fault, almost. <laughs> like, I still love the fact that DDT's first sort of feud with Noah was with Congo because Keno hated the concept of having to work with a fun company. Yes, he has not smiled. Bearing in mind that Keno started in Michinoku Pro, the very definition of a fun company will tell you how much they hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. He was a happy-go-lucky babyface in Michinoku Pro, and then it all went wrong. And now this miserable, vile human being has been left in this place. And he will get the final word on the biggest show of Noah's year. But let us move on to the main event. Katsuyashi Nakajima 
Ko Shiyazaki, 30 minutes and 10 seconds of the best professional wrestling match you will see anywhere on this planet in this month. They tore the house down. It had layers, it had story, it had endless non-finishes. Go Shiyazaki turns up wearing Masawa colors. There's a statement right there. Nakajima turns up in Congo red. There's another statement. But perhaps the biggest statement of all was Katsuhishi Nakajima finished off Go Shiyazaki with the Northern Lights bomb. Akira Hokuto's finisher, his adopted mother, and he tells a story of taking the past to move to the future. And Shiyazaki's future does not look good within Noah because Nakajima has certainly shortcut it at this particular moment. What are your thoughts on this one, John? Because this is a big story and a big wrestling match, and it felt like a world championship. You know how people always say you see the match of the year in the first week? Like, yeah. this is going to take some absolute topping. Like, I can't think of anything that's going to beat this match for months. No. Like, the the drama, the story, the sheer insanity of some of the spots in this match. And just the out-and-out brutality across this half an hour is... It's delicious, it's amazing, and just... Oh, I can't find the words for it. Like, I have never been quite so compelled to watch just an out-and-out slugfest as I have with this one. It was just... Like, it opened with a chop and a kick... And it never slowed down from there. <laughs> they threw each other off the ramp. They, f- like Nakajima lands on his face off a ger- like from a German suplex off the ramp. Yeah, and that happens in about the fifteenth minute, and there's still fifteen more minutes of them just shit kicking each other. It goes back to those Kobayashi Misawa matches and the stuff they started doing off the apron to the floor. It calls back to Yonakiyama matches of the early 2000s with just the, the sheer like brutality of those matches. It, there's, there's the story of Noah in Shiozaki himself, who obviously always described himself as I am Noah, but he was an AJPW guy. You know, he came across with the Noah Exodus and he'd left when he left for Kenta Kabashi, went to all Japan and came back again. Whereas Nakajima was never really a Noah guy. He was a diamond ring guy. He was Kensuke Sasaki's protege and adopted son who adopted himself into Noah and didn't really become, said himself, he didn't really become part of the Noah family until he'd won the GHC Heavyweight Championship. And now he can say by himself as one of the stipulations of the match, I am Noah forever. And this match, the only, the only bit that skipped in this entire match was the commentary because they didn't realise that Nakajima had used the Northern Lights bomb. And they, they thought it was an Emerald, Emerald Flosion, and I was like... Or a Northern Spike or something. Yeah, and it was like, no, it's the Northern Lights bomb. That's Akira Hokuto's finisher. That's what Kinsuke Sasaki used as a finisher because of his wife. <laughs> you know, because she was a bigger name than him, so he started using it to get some rub. <laughs> and it was like... Oh, you, you've missed the point. <laughs> but I instantly got it when he did it. I was like, that's the Northern Lights bomb. No one uses that anymore because it's ridiculously dangerous if you get it wrong. Um, but yeah, it was brilliant. And then at the end of the match, Congo came down and Nakajima thanked the fans for all like the, the match. And, da, 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 da. and Keno then got on the microphone and said then, so Yokohama Arena, Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama, 
you need our help, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, of course, the perfect kind of thing to say. Um, so Congo are going to go up against New Japan. As Nakajima said, we are Noah. And they want to represent Noah when it comes to the matches against New Japan, which would be really intriguing. Um, I'm trying to think. I would really love it if if it was absolutely a possibility, but I don't think it is. I would really love it if Jay White was available to represent Bullet, Bullet Club leading a team against Keno and Congo. That would be perfect. But we don't get that. <laughs> we get other stuff instead. But that would be really, really cool. What's your thoughts on the closing promo? The obviously one of the biggest sort of stories of the past few years was like Noah having an identity crisis. Like obviously, Cyberfight have come along. They've helped Noah find itself again, and look at it now. It they're very firm in who they are. They're very firm in what they want to do. And with Congo, they're they're sort of just like we are Noah. We know what the hell we are, and we're going to kill New Japan. <laughs> and it's. It's sort of the perfect way to end what will no doubt be, even six months from now, one of the highest rated wrestling shows of the year. Just to go through those matches for the fourth, uh, sorry, the eighth, not the fourth. Uh, Yatsudaki Yano will go against Kasiji Fujita. Tenko Z and Yuji Nagata against Funky Express. That will be Akatishi Sato, King Tani and Mahav Yone. That's Sushi Kotege versus Show, which is the only big name singles match on there. And I'm really looking forward to that. That should be really interesting. Ghetto and Taiji Ishimori. Why not ELP and Taiji Ishimori? But anyway, <laughs> Ghetto and Taiji Ishimori against Stinger, Ayata and Saiki Yoshiako. Duki and El Desperado versus Nasaya Ronge and Yohei. That could be interesting. But again, why isn't it Despi and Kanemaru? But anyway. <laughs> Dake Inabe, Daisuke Hirada, Hajime Ohara, Kenny Okada, and Yoshiki Inamore versus Roki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi, Master Wato, and Raisuke Taguchi. That'll be a mess. <laughs> um, wave reforming. Yoshihara Ogawa and Naimuchi Marafuji against Yoshinumi Kanemura and Zack Sabre Jr. So Jr. in a heavyweight, doing some Jr. in a heavyweight. Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and Takemichinoku versus Kazuyoshi Sakuraba, Takeshi Segura, and Kenta. Ooh, that'll be good. Um, Goshi Uzaki, Masakitiyama against House of Torture, Dick Togo, and Evil. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazuchika Okada versus Keito Yokiyomiya and Kyuji Mato. Kyuji Mato? Um, we got there eventually. We got there eventually. And possibly the ideal way to end this match, this card, and which kind of really shows into what uh, Keno was talking about, Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, Sanada, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsu Yuneto was Ignorables de Japon versus Kongo, Aleha, Katsushi Nakajima, Keno, Manibisoya, and Tadasuke. Nato is going to say, who are these? Because he didn't watch any other wrestling other than New Japan. So, <laughs> you see, <laughs> bloke in the reds, don't don't get him. We'll see about. Do we sign why someone new? <laughs> why yeah. is he talking down at me? <laughs> but yes, that's going to be that's going to be intriguing. I, I kind of would have liked to Bullet Club versus Congo, but I'll, I'll take Lij versus Congo because it matches up really nicely. 
Shingo. Who's 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 the guy with the blonde hair? <laughs> he seems unpleasant. Do we I like him? I think smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, just just intrigued. But that's that covers an entire week of professional wrestling. We're both knackered now, and we're off to go get some sleep because we've watched so much wrestling this week. Got more shows to write about, yeah. Oh yeah, we have. Oh, by the way, uh, Steel Chair Top 100 Tag Teams came out on New Year's Day. Uh, if you want to go check out Steel Chair Wrestling Magazine, myself and John put a lot of work into it. More John than me, um, and our uh, boss Steph put a lot of work into this year's Top 100s, and only one person complained. Yeah, wild. Yeah, new 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 records, new records of accountability. The I same guy complained twice, actually. Is he complaining against the tag one as well? Yeah. Oh, I haven't read that yet. Oh, he didn't really say anything. It was just a gif going, oh, hell no. Nah. I'm guessing oh, he just again. doesn't like the Young Bucks. Probably not. He doesn't really like anything much, to be honest with you, as far as I could tell. He was like, there's too many obscure Japanese wrestlers in the top 20. And I'm like, what? Tetsuya Nato? You are one to most people because they're not deathmatch fiends. It's Taro Sagira. Yeah, but everybody else was like, well, you, you, I, Kazuchi Okada is a bit obscure by your taste, is it? Okay, then, fair enough. I um, only watched 70s and 80s Memphis wrestling. Oh, it wasn't that, no. It was like his argument was this was brilliant. His argument was New Japan isn't as good as it used to be, so they shouldn't be raked as high. And it was like, don't care. It's like, we well, can't do it like that. Yeah, we can. It's our rules. But, but you shouldn't. You should do it like this. No, if you want a properly curated list, go do the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500. They spend loads of time on it. They do epic amounts of research. It takes ages and forever to do. I know because I follow some of the writers and they're talking about it in September for when it comes out in like December. So yeah, they, they do it really, really, what's the word, scientifically. We, just we do it based on arbitrary opinions that we have. <laughs> like, there's a reason there's so many deathmatch guys in the lower card of it because I put them all there. There's loads of reason why there's so many Japanese guys in general in there is because I write a lot of it. So there's loads of Japanese guys because I don't really watch North American wrestling anymore. So that's it. There's people like Sean and Anthony who uh, do watch WWE and AEW, so they balance those out. It's not like you know you would get like 20 teams from the AEW dark either, is it? You know, it's just. Just the way it is. Just us doing our thing. That's what we do. So there you go. Anywho, uh, bits and notes for this week. So there will be a wrestling rewind with me and Martin and Dara available probably Thursday time. In the meantime, you get this show on Monday. There will be a Today at Wrestle Kingdom on Wednesday, a Today at Wrestle Kingdom on Thursday. There will not be a Today at Wrestle Kingdom next Saturday because I really can't afford to pay for that show and I'd rather wait a week and I'll have watched too much wrestling by then. I'm sure we will probably have an in-depth conversation about Wrestle Kingdom probably on next week's show because it's a big card and there's also the uh, pro wrestling dash, which we'll have to do as well at some point. That might not be a Today at show, New Year's dash, because um, of other things, but we'll see how that goes. If I can get it in, then I'll get it in. Because <laughs> uh, today at Wrestle Kingdom is usually a three-show day. And that's about that for this week. And then things will settle down to a normal pace of wrestling goodness. So thank you very much, John. Where can we find you on the internet, sir? You can find me at Twitter handle John Deathman. That is the gateway to hell that will lead you to my writings, my ramblings, my opinions, my jokes. 
Yeah, basically that, and obviously you keep it tuned to Steel Chair for more deathmatch stuff and Japanese stuff coming. There you go. Uh, my name is James Troopany. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find the show Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find us at Facebook, The Troopany Show, and on Patreon, The Troopany Show, where you keep us free forever for everyone. Greatly appreciate you listening to the show today. We hope you enjoyed those shows. If you want to go find them, you can find them on Wrestle Universe, which is 999 yen a month now. It's really good. We strongly suggest you do because you get oh, everything from. Weird. Yeah, really you nice get. Expensive. You get everything from DDT, from Noah, TJPW, Ganabray, and a lot of the Zero One stuff as well now. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to do a long-term deal, but I would think while Sugiara's champion, they'll want to put as much on there as they can. You also can see Glate for free. Um, it's on YouTube. They have a YouTube channel. It's the most accessible major pressing promotion in the world. They pretty much run every show on YouTube. Uh, they only run about one show a month. It's really well produced. The production values are amazing and they've got astoundingly good wrestlers and a wonderful talent. And they're trying to bring the greatness of professional wrestling back. And who can argue with that? So we recommend them. Thank you very much for listening to us today. Take care and we'll speak to you soon. Wrestle Kingdom in two days. Bye.